is scary in that way because sometimes, you know, I choose what I do wisely and I know that it's going to have a very big impact on the decisions to come forth, so I have to be wise as well. Olympic Channel Podcast. That was Simone Biles. I'm Ed Knowles, and this is the official Olympic Channel Podcast. Each week, we find the very best athletes and speakers, and we ask them all about the biggest Olympic talking points. So, US gymnast Simone Biles had the best meeting of her whole career. She's already a four-time Olympic champion, and after the World Championships in Doha, the 21-year-old is a 14-time world champion as well. She did it all after being rushed into hospital in the middle of the night with a kidney stone. Scott Bregman sat down with her just after she became all-around champion. Olympic Channel Podcast. Right now, most of my pain comes from my lower back pain uh, where the kidney stone sits. So we'll get that evaluated once we get back home in the States and we'll go from there. But um, it's, it's manageable. Was there ever a moment in all of that drama where you're like, I'm not gonna be able to compete? Um, yeah, a little bit. But then again, I was like, you know what? I have to do this for my team first and then hopefully try to get through team finals and then see what else to come because team is most important. So if I had to give up some of my placements or some of my event finals, it would be okay, a little bit saddening because I trained so long for this, but other than that, it would be okay. And you know, I was just hoping that I wouldn't pass it. So as bad as it is, good thing it's a little bit bigger that I can't pass it. <laughs> Tom said that uh, there was a lineup for the team final with you in it mm -hmm. and without you in it. So how proud of the other girls are you that they're just, they're ready to roll with whatever happens with, yes. with your status there? Yes, I think that's definitely very important for um, the girls to have a lineup just like that because you never know in some of those situations and nobody ever thought we would come here, I'd have to go to the ER in the middle of the night, and get a kidney stone. Um, so you really have to be on top of your toes and ready for whatever is thrown at them. So I'm really proud that they handled it very well. There's obviously, and I know you're aware of it, a lot of talk about you as the greatest gymnast of all time. And, and yesterday, you know, Nancy Armour at USA Today wrote that you're the greatest athlete of all time in any sport. Mm -hmm. Do you think that seeing you have the day that you had yesterday mm -hmm. and still be able to win kind of shows like how good you really are? Um, yeah, I think it shows the difficulty of gymnastics that I have is in a good place. There's still more to work on, but as of greatest athlete of all time, I think it's hard to put that placement on it because if you have basketball players or baseball players, they have such a longer, like they have a longer season than us as to where we go out, we compete six, seven times a year, so it's a little bit harder, and I think that's why people go back and forth with the debate. Um, but then if you take it a shorter span of how many times I have to deliver, um, most of the time it comes out at a pretty good ratio. So I asked uh, my Murakami last night in the mix zone, like when she saw you have the falls, if she thought, mm -hmm. oh, like there's an opening, and she said, no, I thought, oh, Simone can fall. Yeah. 
what was it what is it like competing with her and Morgan and, and the rest of the girls in that top yes group? it was so exciting yesterday um, I had a bit of down moments where I just wanted to be left alone and they were trying to encourage me and be like you know what it's okay Simone and I I knew in those moments it was gonna be okay but I was just disappointed with my performance but it's such a good group of girls that we have out there and the team spirit that we share even though we're all from different countries and how was your friendship with Morgan mm -hmm. like kind of blossomed here? It yes. seems in Doha you guys have been kind of attached at the hip at some level. Yeah, um, it's definitely a little bit better than earlier this year and I'm really happy for that and she's a really good competitor and an athlete and a person as well. Her personality is very um, brightening. It kind of reminds me a little bit of me when I was younger. Um, she just tries not to take every day. She tries to take it day at a time and she tries to have fun in the moments while doing her job so she knows that on the side you can goof off but then once it's time to compete you have to deliver. She told us the other day in the mix on that you guys have kind of bonded over sending food <laughs> pictures back and forth. Can you tell yeah. me about that? Yeah, so we are obsessed with food and for some reason, every time I go to World Championships, I get more obsessed with cinnamon rolls. Why? I don't know. I maybe have one a year, if that. Um, but food brings everyone together, especially at World Championships, because we just get so excited because everything looks so good, and it's around the holidays. So I think that's what makes um, the food obsession a little bit more crazier. One of my favorite moments the other day during the team final was when she hopped up on your back and you gave her a piggyback ride. <laughs> what was happening? Yeah, so we were joking and she was like, I'm so tired, I can't walk. And then she's like, wait, maybe I should give you the piggyback because you're the one with the kidney stone and can barely walk sometimes. And it's just a joking manner, but it made for cute pictures. <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> um, so you started back in the gym like almost exactly a year ago. Yes. And I talked to, I talked to Cecile the other oh. day and... Uh, she told me in the beginning, you know, you were still kind of doing some sponsor stuff. You're in and mm -hmm. out of the gym and that you'd you'd go three days and then you come in and you go, I quit. I can't do it. It's too hard. <laughs> she told yeah. me she said ev she'd quit every three days. Like how hard was it in yeah. the beginning? It was hard to get back in the rhythm because every time I got back in the rhythm, I would leave. And so every time I would come back, it was almost like I had to restart. And I know it was frustrating for Cecile and Laurent because they put in the work for those days and then I would have to take off, come back, start over. So it was a little bit frustrating. So I'm like, well, if I have to start over every time, why don't I just like quit? And it was hard at some points. There would be times where I would be on beam and I, I would look to Cecile and I'd be like, I don't know what my purpose is here. I don't know why I'm here. I feel like I'm being forced to do this by myself and by other people. So I really had to find my purpose for it and really make sure it, I was doing it because I wanted to. And I definitely found that. How do you feel like, because obviously I've known you a long time now. <laughs> you seem like a very different person to me. Yes. How do you think you've changed in the last year? Yeah. I feel like I try not to let my focus be gymnastics 24-7. Um, I try to spend more time with my family, my friends, and go to different outings so that I find ways to refuel myself rather than to just gas myself out in the gym all the time. And my sports therapist has always said, you know, while you're in the gym all the time, you need to find other things that fuel you because yes, gym does fuel you, but outside you need other things that you need to be passionate and have fun with. And I took a step back and I was like, you know what, you're right. 
why can't I go to the beach? Why can't I go shopping? Why can't I have a girl's day with my friends and refuel myself that way um, instead of just sit at home and try to rest? And you girls here in Doha have had some opportunities to not just yes. sit in your room. Tell me about that. Yes, it's actually really exciting because once you sit in your room, you kind of think of your gymnastics all day long, on repeat, on repeat. And I feel like a lot of us don't function that way. There are different ways where we function. So we try to go out to the pool. Um, we try to go to the spa and different things like that, even if it's just going to the market and passing by the candy section and just looking. It's just like it refuels you and at least it's out of the hotel so that your mind is not focused on gymnastics because at this high level you don't want to overpower it. And in the last year you've obviously you've found your voice. You know, you've, mm -hmm. you had the tweet that, you know, closed the ranch <laughs> and, uh, you know, you had, you know, some, you, you weren't afraid to say to Carrie Perry yes. that she needed to, s to speak up. Mm -hmm. You said that was her job at nationals. Yes. And then, um, you know, right before we came here, you had the tweet about Mary Bono. Just yes. tell me about, you, you've been very specific in the moments mm -hmm. you've chosen to do that. So yes. what about those moments made you want to yes. speak up? I think in those specific moments, you have to use your voice in a positive manner as long as it doesn't draw negative attention and you really stick to what you're saying and what you believe in, I think. Um, it's okay and in those moments I felt that I needed to speak up so that people would hear and you know it would encourage other people to share their thoughts on it and you know you have to choose your battles wisely and I try not to nitpick everything but if I see something I don't like you know you're you're quick to grab your phone and be like I'm gonna tweet something but you have to be smart with your words too so that it doesn't come off in a wrong way so I try to do that um, and as soon as I did the Mary Bono tweet. My mom got a little bit upset and then realized that it was in a good manner and um, then she was really proud. <laughs> are, you, you're, are you aware of just like you know you, you, when you send that tweet like the it's world powerful. is going to explode basically. Yes. Yes. It is scary in that way because sometimes you know I choose what I do wisely and I know that it's going to have a very big impact on the decisions to come forth so I have to be wise as well um, but you know she also made that decision to put that out there so she has to be ready for whatever feedback she got so <clears throat> switching gears uh, your boyfriend Stacey Irvin <laughs> he's been pretty yeah. active on Twitter yes um, he called you superhuman the other day mm -hmm. how has his support especially with Everything going on this year, and specifically this week, how yes. has that helped you? No, it means the world. Um, I love him to death, and he's one of my biggest supporters as well as my family, and it's really good to have him on my side and for him to understand the sport and the training that we go through and to have such a big outcome. And he was reminding me last night, hey, I know you're disappointed, but try not to be. Like, you brought back another medal for yourself and for the U.S., so um, it, it really pained him to see me so upset after such a big win. How does a guy first approach Simone Biles? I mean, like, how did this happen? Did, did you make the first move? Yeah. Did he ask you okay. out? So you know how there's two different sides to every story? Mine was, I remember telling him that he was cute one year, and then I didn't hear from him for a year. But you know, they always come back around. It's fine, it's fine. 
Um, but he was like, no, I don't remember that. I just remember this. And then um, he would always say, I want to come play in your gym. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine because you're in Austin. I'm in Houston. It's not too far. Um, and then he was like, you know what? I don't, I'm not sure if I'm really loving my job. Maybe I want to coach some kids some on the boys' team. Do you have any openings? I talked to my mom. I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever, come down. And then that's kind of when it blossomed. <laughs> so he made the first move once he got to Houston? Um, How did that happen? Kind of, because whenever he came down for the job interview, we went out to lunch just to, like, catch up and everything. Um, and then I think we realized there was a little bit of a spark. You've done everything in this sport, obviously, mm -hmm. right? Do you feel like that gives you more pressure or less pressure? Because, you know, in the lead up to Rio, you weren't yes. an Olympian, you weren't an Olympic mm -hmm. champion. And now, like, no matter what happens, those yes. titles aren't going, or does that give you more or, or less pressure? It depends on which way I look at it. Sometimes it's less pressure um, because I do have all of those accomplishments to back me up. But then on another scale, I feel like it, it gives me more pressure because I have to live up to all of those accomplishments and those standards. Someone said to me the other day, like, why would she go to 2019 Worlds? Why won't she just sit it out and get ready for mm -hmm. Tokyo? But <laughs> I know that's not what you're thinking. Like, yes. How important is it for you to go into Tokyo as the world yeah. champion? No, it's definitely important because you have to prove yourself once again and you have to prove um, to your delegation that you're worthy of them putting you on such a big stage and you um, putting out those routines and hitting them. And I think it's important. I would never want to sit it out. Everyone's like, just take another year off. You came back in a year and you're fine. You won. It's fine. But, you know, you also need that confidence going into the Olympics, the world championships, knowing, you know what, six months ago I did worlds and I hit my sets. And you just, it's always an experience, and you need that international experience and the confidence. Do you think you're going to continue to add some new elements as you go towards Tokyo? Um, we're definitely hoping so. Um, my body's holding up pretty well, so we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Olympic Channel Podcast. Thank you to Simone Biles. So after the end of the competition, Scott also sat down with gymnastics writer Blythe Lawrence to have a talk about everything that went down at the World Championships. Olympic, Olympic Channel, Channel Podcast. What struck me about Simone's interview was when she said that she thinks that her success at this competition shows that her, the difficulty of her gymnastics is in a really good place. And the fact that she wasn't particularly happy with how she did, she did have some noticeable errors in spite of winning all of the medals that she did. And that just shows the standard that she has for herself and the expectation that she has that she's not only going to do her difficulty, but really master her difficulty. And I think if you ask her, she would kind of say, oh, well, it wasn't a great competition for me in spite of the results. And that's the true mark of a champion, when you want to live up to your own standards, even if you already have the gold medal in your hand. Right. And that's a good segue into the all-around final, which, of course, she won and, of course, was historic. The first woman to win four world all-around titles. But it wasn't the day she, you know, planned... Um, just kind of walk us through that day for her. It wasn't at all the day she planned. It started out on vault where she went for her brand new vault, the Biles, which she'd only done once before in competition, twice if you count the world team selection camp. And, you know, she wanted the experience of doing it. She knew that it was super hard and she was going to get a great score on it anyway. She took the risk and it didn't go her way. 
this time. Um, but again, she still got a terrific score. And then she went to bars. And it's funny because Simone on bars is typically the place where she has not not done badly, but not really shown compared to the rest of the world. And at this competition, she hit three fantastic bar routines. It was her steadiest event. And that shows remarkable strides, especially for somebody when she was young, it wasn't a great event for her. When she became an elite gymnast, even a world champion, it still wasn't a fantastic event for her. And it's the event that when she went back to the gym in November of 2017, she said, hey, I want to become good on bars. I want to become world-class on bars. And she's been able to work with her new coach, Laurent Landy, to be able to get there. And in just a year, she's made incredible strides. She is currently second in the world on uneven bars in a field of specialists who throughout their careers have been known as great bars gymnasts. And when we look back on that, we kind of say, well, what, what can't Simone do? And that is a great question. So in spite of the fall on beam that she had after bars and the out of bounds on floor and the fall on vault, it just wasn't her day. It was her day, but it wasn't her day uh, to her standard and to what we've come to expect from Simone. And that's too bad, but at the same time, it does show the level of dominance that she has over the rest of the world. She is truly the greatest uh, probably the greatest of all time. It becomes less debatable with every competition that she does, and uh, certainly the greatest in the all-around, even with the mistakes at this meet. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, it, it was every competition, you, everyone was trying to find new superlatives, and it was new records, and we're, we're researching when was the last time, you know, such and such happened. And I'm glad you talked so much about the uneven bars, because she did get a silver medal um, in the apparatus final yesterday, and it was her first medal on the event um, in her career. So now she has a medal um, on every apparatus, and she actually got medals in all six of the categories here in Doha, the team, the all-around, and all four apparatus finals, which is something that no one has done um, at the World Championships since 1987. It was the Soviet Union's Elena uh, Shushinova. Daniela Silivash did at the Olympic Games in, in Seoul, but it's been, you know, 31 or 30 years since, uh, since it last happened. So it was a really special championships for Simone, despite, I, I know she won't be thrilled with the performance, especially in the all-around, but there were other athletes who were competing in the women's field. Um, and we have to talk about Morgan Hurd, who was a surprise uh, all-around champion a year ago in Montreal. Um, she picked up, in addition to her team gold medal, uh, a bronze medal in the all-around and a silver on floor exercise. What stood out about her performance to you? What Morgan proved to me this week is something that we kind of already knew, but when you go into a world championships, there's always a little bit of suspense. Are they going to be able to perform the way that they can at home, abroad, in a huge arena with all the pressure? And the answer unequivocally for Morgan this week is yes. She has proven herself as one of the US's most consistent performers who can go up anywhere, kind of in any circumstances, and just hit a routine. And that is so valuable for the team competition and for herself as an individual. She did wonderfully here, and she should be very proud of herself as well. Yeah, and on the men's side, it was an incredible down-to-the-wire competition in the men's all-around. Um, 
you know, it ended up in a tie, which I don't know the last time that a, a men's or women's all around has ended in a tie. But it was uh, two very different athletes in my mind. Um, Russia's Artur Daloyan and uh, last year's world champion, Sha Rotung. They were battling it out back and forth. And, you know, uh, Daloyan is, they're both very stylish gymnasts, but uh, Daloyan has a lot of power. Um, he started off with an amazing floor routine. Um, you know, it just looked like it was going to be his night, especially once he got past Pommel Horse, which is the event that he fell on in qualifying. What do you think about Xiao's performance? Zhao is an incredibly complete gymnast. You can watch him put together a routine on any apparatus and you know firstly that he's going to hit but also that his level of technical mastery just the beauty of the elements and their correctness is going to be off the charts and he's a wonderful gymnast for the way that he is able to perform under pressure he is very technically superior to everyone else and he absolutely earned his place on the podium. There was pressure on him coming in as the reigning world champion from 2017, and he really lived up to, I would say, the standard that, that we expect from all-around podium finishers. He's not a guy with any weakness. You talked about Dalalayan, who's a little bit weaker on pommel horse and kind of makes up for it on the power events. Zhao Rutung is not like that. He is solid everywhere. And he was last up. He was the top qualifier, so he got that honor. And when that score flashed, I think certainly I was searching for those tiebreak rules as fast as I could. But it came down to the fact that they take your top five scores, um, and whoever has the highest points after that is the the world champion. So that's it was uh, a few moments I think where we were all thinking, how do they do this? Um, and then then we all found it on on uh, the FIG website. Um, but another highlight, I think, for both of us was tonight's high bar final. Um, you know, it came down to Epke Zonderlin from the Netherlands. He's the 2012 Olympic champion. He had, prior to tonight, he had two world, uh, two world high bar titles um, in 13 and 14. Um, but he, you know, he came to play. He was up, I think, second or third in the lineup, and he nailed this routine he added some difficulty he sucked the dismount the score came up and it was a 15.1 which no one has even gotten close to on high bar this week and um you know even even with koe uchimura in the field this is only individual final it's been such a an interesting championships for him i think uh, i don't think certainly i didn't understand the extent of his injury um to the ankle that the japanese gymnastics federation announced early in October. Um, I, I didn't understand the extent of it until we saw him in podium training and we were on Kohei watch uh, and he took his first dismount and it was clear that he would not be doing, you know, floor and vault. And uh, that's unfortunate because he's, you know, it would have been a great to have him and Simone back in the all around. They're the two best male and female gymnasts of all time. Um, but he didn't disappoint in the final today. Um, threw down a great routine and, and finished with the silver. And then there was the bronze medalist, which was another great story. Well, as you say, the gods of high bar came out to play today. Everybody brought their A game. Um, and really the top four, Epke, of course, did an epic 
high bar routine and one of the best maybe that he's done just from start to finish over the past few years. Kohei injured, not able to defend uh, his all-around titles and try to get back on top, really seemed to bring something a little extra special on the event tonight and really pour all of his finesse into nailing that one routine. And he is who he is partly because he's steady and he's proven that he can uh, that he can just deliver when he has to. Um, and then you also have to give a mention to fourth place, the 2017 high bar champion, Tin Serbic of Croatia, who won a historic medal for his country a year ago. But for me, as we were talking about, the bronze medalist, American Sam Mikulek, finally at his fourth world championship after being part of a really integral part of the U.S. picture for the last seven years, getting an individual world medal all on his own. That was his goal this week. And he had several near misses. And it, it got to be just a little bit heartrending to watch just before high bar. He was fourth on parallel bars. It was Dalaloyan who knocked him out of the bronze medal spot and with a completely worthy routine. But just for Sam, who was fourth on pommel horse before that, who was headed for an all around medal and had a mistake on high bar and finished fifth, it was a wonderful moment for him to be able to end this world championship with a medal around his neck. And you just, your heart explodes with joy for him because you know how hard he worked and how much he had wanted that. Yeah, it was great to see, especially on Hybert. It's his best event. And as you said, it was the event that let him down the other day when he had a chance for an all-around medal, which I think is actually his best category, um, his best chance for, for a medal most days. So, um, but just to wrap up, we're going to pick our favorite moments uh, from the competition. Mine was from the first day. I think both of ours are from the first day of the apparatus finals. Um, but mine was from the uneven bars final. Nina Dorwal of Belgium. She has the most incredible uneven bars routine. We've never seen anything like it. Just the 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 way that she connects these high to low, low to high, same bar release moves, back and forth and back and forth. And I think she's probably got more in the bag because it looks like she's, there's one skill she's not connecting out of, and I think she will eventually get there. But she delivered in qualifying. She's the top number. She's the European champion of bronze medalist last year at Worlds. Um, she had the top score again on bars in the all-around final. And she stepped up, and she had to do it one more time when it actually counted you know, for the gold medal, she delivered. There was a huge group of fans, and she told me afterward in the mix zone that that was all of her family and friends who had come to see that moment. And as soon as the final score flashed, um, I think she had about nine flags thrown to her. And uh, she she was obviously very emotional and, and had that, that Belgian flag draped over her shoulders. And, and she really took in that moment. Um, and it was just wonderful to see because, you know, gymnastics fans have followed Nina this season, last season. She's been, you know, a name we've been hoping to see achieve something like this. And she finally did it. Blythe, what was your what was your favorite moment? I couldn't pick. So I actually have three. Uh, we talk a lot about the big countries in gymnastics, Russia, China, the United States. But what was so special about the first day of event finals was we had 
three gymnasts, three wonderful gymnasts from three countries that you really don't see normally on the medal podium at the World Championships. And I'm talking, of course, about Carlos Yulo on floor exercise from the Philippines, 18 years old, at his first World Championships, a guy who's been a big talent on the junior scene. And now he's a senior. He's from a country that, again, just doesn't produce maybe gymnasts that we see in event finals at the World Championships. He is probably their best ever. I'm going to go out on a limb and say their best ever already. And for him to be at his first Worlds in an event final was already huge. For him to come up with the bronze medal, and very deservedly so, was phenomenal as well. Uh, you also have to talk about Alexa Moreno from Mexico, uh, who has been in several world finals on vault and has always finished around seventh place. She's been doing wonderful work for years and years now. She's a veteran, she's in her 20s, she is the leader of the Mexican team. And this time she did two fantastic vaults and it resulted in a bronze medal for her, uh, Mexico's first female to win uh, an, uh, a medal at the world level. Um, and also from Chinese Taipei, Li Chi Kai, uh, who has just a wonderfully entertaining uh, routine on pommel horse, which is based around flares, which maybe is not the trendiest skill at the moment right now, but is a lot of fun to watch. And he too is somebody who's very deserving of a world medal and he got his, and that was all three of them. So special. Olympic, Olympic Channel, Channel Podcast. So last week we spoke to BMX rider Sarah Walker who talked about how we should look to fail at something every week. Nathan Devere said on Facebook that most of the times we want to avoid failure so we stay in a comfort zone. In order to reach your potential it's essential to make mistakes and look at them as opportunities to get excited about and learn from. We would love to hear from you about what you thought about Simone Biles. So get in touch with us. We are at Olympic Channel across all social platforms. I'm at Eddie Knowles with an IE if you want to find me. Give us a little five-star review on iTunes if you like this episode. That helps us out enormously and would be very nice indeed. If you like this, then why don't you subscribe? Both of those things help us out infinitely. That is it for now, though. See you soon. Think like an Olympian. Olympian.